Peace and love, y'all. I hope you're doing okay. I'm A Centauri, A period, C-E-N-T-A-U-R-I, and this is the Easy Jesus Podcast. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the brain that will change the world. Every day when I'm breathing... The economic philosophy of black nationalism only means that we should own and operate and control the economy of our community. We mean business now and we are determined to gain our rightful place in God's world. I also think that we have a, a historic legacy that we need to uphold. Nonviolence and violence is a question of resistance to fascism, a non-existent. The Easy Jesus podcast is brought to you by the graces of God. There you have it, period. Like, it's honestly the graces of God that we have this information, that I'm able to bring it to you, because I'm telling you, ain't nobody giving me any money for this. Nobody has, has come to me saying, oh my gosh, you need to do this, but God. So thank God for his grace and his mercy. Thank God for Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is like the North Star, and I'm sitting here pointing to it, telling y'all, hurry up, hurry up, come this way, come this way. The faster we all adopt this and start utilizing this financial system to build an infrastructure for our people, the world will change. And it will change, because in a Bitcoin future, there is no place for race, period. In the Bitcoin space, there's this thing called FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, doubt. That's what the acronym stands for, FUD. And basically, in Bitcoin terms, FUD is just any type of like articles or slogans or things that are going to create doubt and uncertainty and fear in people to keep them from putting their money or investing in Bitcoin. That's intentional. The reason why it's intentional is because Bitcoin is essential for moving forward and progressing into the future. They want to create fear and uncertainty and doubt about this technology and behind this technology because it's good. And things that are good are terrifying to wicked, evil people, right? Our money system is immoral. There's a really cool book about it called Thank God for Bitcoin, The Redemption and Something Else of Money. Look into it. It's really good. It's by a collective of faith-based Bitcoiners who came together and wrote this book to not only define money and the roles of money, but to let people know how money has become immoral. And because money is immoral, it perpetuates violence, hatred, negativity, all the things that Black Americans are bogged down with every single day, right? Everyone knows that feeling of waking up Black and being like, you know what, just because I woke up Black, everyone and everything is against me. Yeah, that feeling, it's not paranoia. It's not you wanting to be a victim. It's you having self-awareness, right? It's you understanding who you are as a Black American person. It's you understanding your Black American body in real time as it relates to the people around you, right? Within your neighborhood, within your community, within your state, within your region, within your country. Well, that self-awareness is extremely important in understanding what you do not understand. I remember watching my mom relate to money, watching her spend money or watching her like pay her bills and listening to the little things that she would tell me, like, pay your bills. You always want to make sure that there's a place over your head. You never want to spend more money than you're bringing in. You always want to save. You never want to just spend, spend, spend. You have to be able to spell able. All of these little things 
that she had learned throughout her experiences as a Black American woman. She was teaching me so that I could make better, wiser decisions, right? I could know, okay, well, I always pay my bills, so I don't have to worry about someone coming and taking my things away because I know for a fact that I'm paying my bills, right? That was good advice back then. That's her trying to establish some sort of financial literacy in me, which is important. We should, as a people, we have to instill financial literacy in our children because who's going to run their finances if we don't understand it, right? Like, let's look at where we are currently. Currently, we're facing the aftermath of the 2020 lockdown because of the pandemic. COVID-19 came and caused all hell to break loose in the United States and all over the world. But for this podcast, we're only talking about America, right? We're going to talk about how Black America should be utilized as a nation within a nation, right? So what does that mean? It means that Black Americans have one home country, and that home country is America. It's not Africa. Africa is a continent with thousands and thousands of people, dialects, traditions, customs, norms that Black Americans have no fucking clue about. Period. So with that being said, even though we can relate to Africa in the sense that that is where we all come from, but like that's not our homeland. Our homeland is America. And because our homeland is America and we as black Americans have specific cultural customs and norms that are solely unique to us as black Americans, it's important that we as black people come together as black America. Right. I'm like over this whole like Black America being the most welcoming and and easiest group to be a part of. But then once they're in, they make us disenfranchised within our own community. And I'm here to, to be black. I'm here to be radically black. I'm here to make sure that black America has someone to represent them and their thinkings in this Bitcoin space. Right. Because a lot of people overlook black history. A lot of people don't like thinking about slavery and and the remnants of slavery that still poke its ugly head up today, right? We don't want to talk about that. Well, it's important that we talk about it so that in a Bitcoin future, right, Black America is a sustainable community and network of people, right? Like, if we as Black people do not come together and utilize the fact that our Black skin is what makes us American and Black, and capable of running together and building something like if America itself falls, black America can still stand because we're not depending on America, right? That's why Bitcoin. The reason why Bitcoin is because black America has been dependent on the people who've been oppressing us for far too long. It's time that we as a collective body come together, utilize a, a new technology that makes it to where we can peer to peer, we can work with each other and network with each other. And in us networking and working with each other, we're using an asset to forward our cause in the future. Well, A, how does that relate to fear, uncertainty and doubt? Like, how does Black America and the need for Black Americans to work together as a collective Dr. Claude Anderson calls it ethno-aggregation, where we come together and we work and move as a collective. Like, everything that we do is for community, to better ourselves, to better our people, so that we have sustainability and longevity in, in our own industry and in our own way of life, right? How does that relate to Bitcoin and how does that Bitcoin relate to fear, uncertainty, and doubt? Well, to be Black in America, you live with fear, uncertainty, and doubt every single day. There's fear of getting in trouble, whether it's getting in trouble on the job or losing your job or getting 
getting in trouble with the police or someone accidentally accusing you of something that you didn't do in a store. Like, being Black, there is a hazard to being Black in this country specifically. All over the world, yeah, like, y'all know, y'all know in The Color Purple where um, she's like, until you do right by me? That's kind of Black America, right? Until Black America is done right by, Black people all over the world are going to continue to suffer. Black America, we are the direct descendants of slaves. Yes, there were slaves all over the... Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Black America, because Black America is the one who's never, ever, 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 ever received justice for the mistreatment of our forefathers. Yeah, like, the white forefathers get built in rock. Black forefathers are shushed and mushed. We don't know about them. We don't even talk about them. They're not good enough to be in the the white curricula, right? So we don't acknowledge the real black leaders, the real people. We don't talk about Benjamin Banneker and Crispus Attucks for the American patriots that they are. We just talk about them as being black. And that in itself is psychological conditioning. We are conditioned as black people to not know exactly who we are, where we come from, and what we are capable of doing because that directly contradicts the narrative about blackness that's been pushed out. And that also makes it easier for them to ignore us and ignore how we've been treated. They believe we're playing the victim. They don't understand fear that is associated with our skin because historically our skin has allowed terrorism to happen to us, like terrorist attacks happen to black people within black communities and we're stuck having to deal with it. That's fear and uncertainty. Like there's an uncertainty in growing up black. Most black Americans feel as though they will never have the opportunity to really be successful unless they make it in the, Dr. Claude Anderson calls them the sweat fields, right? Singing, dancing, playing basketball, being on stage. Unless you're sweating, as a black American, you don't really truly feel successful. Well, that's because of the conditioning that was enforced upon us as a people. Yeah, like that uncertainty is something that is needed. We have to stay uncertain because in our fear and our uncertainty, we run to the oppressor, allow the oppressor to generate our own truths. And then we believe those truths and hold them. And not only do we hold them, we internalize them and then we push that out into our children. And then our children grow up enslaved in the same cycle that we were enslaved to because no one stopped to educate us on what it is. And the reason why I'm so frustrated by this is it was 2020 when I finally understood who Dr. Claude Anderson is and what his books were and who Carter G. Woodson was. Thank the Lord Dr. Claude Anderson is still with us. I was 26 years old when I found out that Black America has been conditioned to stay in the same position for centuries. Essentially, it doesn't matter that we call ourselves free and that we walk around as free individuals. I say all of that with quotes around it. It's not true. Everybody that I know that's Black is, is working. And they're not working jobs that they love and, and they're so happy to go to. They're working jobs that they feel that they hate. They feel trapped and enslaved to, but they need the check in order to live the life that they want to live. Well, thank God for Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin has come in and is this technology, this decentralized technology that offers protections that we have never had as Black Americans, right? Bitcoin directly attacks the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that was instilled within the Black community because of Keynesian economics, right? I found this out and this blew my mind. The type of economics that we study in school is Keynesian economics. And that economic infrastructure is one built off of slavery. Someone has to be the labor class 
providing service, right? Someone has to be providing free work in order for this economic theory to keep going. Okay, well, what does that have to do with Black America? We are the underclass. We're the ones doing the free work. We're the ones getting locked up at crazy rates and providing money to the system that we're locked up and people work eight hours in prison and don't make but like $2, that's fucking slavery. Like, and then, and then when you are in prison, the constitution allows for you to work as a slave because that's when you give up your rights. So let's talk about the cycles that black Americans go to that lead them to prison, right? So by the time you are five, you are labeled. You're either good, bad, gifted, slow, whatever. In the public education system, you are labeled. And that label follows you, right? Most black American kids have learned absolutely everything that they need to know by 12. You get a solid understanding of English, like of how to speak and write and communicate. You need a solid understanding of math and arithmetic skills so that you can think on a higher level and, and solve problems. You need practice problem solving skills. You need an understanding of your history and who you are, but all of that stuff essentially you can get by the time you're 12. All right, well, that makes sense because by the time most black kids are 12, they don't really care about school. Or they found the subject that they like and they do well in that and all the other stuff they don't care or, or they found the sport they like, they're coming into themselves. By 16, most black kids are done. Unfortunately for our community, that being done with school automatically puts you in a different strata as the people who are continuing to go on with their education, right? So God help you if you are the one person in your family who's never gotten to school, who wants to go to school, wants to go to college, and that's your aim. By the time you get there, you have to take out loans. You have to find some type of way to afford that college, that extra learning. Well, by the time you come out of that, because you had to take out a loan, you are already enslaved to the government. So now you have to go out and get a job to try to repay those loans. Now you're stuck. This may not even be the job that you want or what fulfills your major, but doesn't fucking matter. You got to pay those loans back. So now you're working this job and you're living your life to pay these loans back and you want nice things. Like everyone wants nice things. And it doesn't help that America's like big thing is entertainment and our entertainers wear and, and, and propagate the things that we can never attain or we can never have, right? We want that. So we, we're working, working, working. We're increasing the debt. We're, we're enslaved. And you did the right thing, right? Or let's say you drop out at 16. Then you're working, 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 right? To provide so that you can live, to contribute to your house. And then let's say you have a kid. Now you are working to provide for not only yourself, but your child. And you're doing that within a system where everything is against you so that you're forced to have to go and get help from the oppressive government. You have to get help from the state. Now in you going to get help from the state, that turns you into a target, right? It turns you into a statistic. It turns you into the one thing that they, the ones who are not disenfranchised, right? That they have to use against you. There's a further divide amongst people living in the same country or within the same community. Now, what that does to our people is that creates a division amongst our people. Like Car Carter G. Woodson talks about it as us being miseducated, right? Because once we finally attain the success that we think makes us successful, we're finally happy with it. We're not taking that back to our communities and building something from scratch 
from our communities. We're not taking that back to our hometown and building something for our hometown. No, what we do is go find a corporation to enslave ourselves to, to enslave our services to, and we work for them. We allow for them to now tell us, okay, well, you don't get vacation. You don't need to sleep. You don't need to see your child. You don't need any of this. And we further mess up the mental health of ourselves and our children and our family. Why? Because we're slaving for a fucking dollar. Which is crazy because scripture tells us you can't love money and God. You can't serve the two. You can't serve God and serve money, right? So let's be real. We're tearing ourselves down for money that's basically just flying the fuck away. It's not keeping its worth. It's depreciating. It's not backed by anything. And we're keeping ourselves enslaved hundreds of years after we were kind of emancipated. We're still enslaved because we don't understand the system that's enslaving us because that's the economic system that we're trying to be a part of. Fuck all of that. Bitcoin offers a way out. And I know this is the easy to podcast, but let's be real. Like, I am not perfect. I am a sinner every single day. I sin every single day. I fall short of the graces of God every single day. But I also thank God every single day for God's mercy, God's grace, God's forgiveness, right? Because of Jesus, we can go to God every single second. Anytime we know we're wrong, we can go to God. I go to God every morning and I'm asking God, like, please help me with my mouth. Because I am an American and our culture is one of violence and hatred. Let's be real, y'all. To be an American, you're going to cuss. Like, people can sit up on their, on their high horse and act like, oh, oh, swear words. I don't say swear words. I make a point not to say swear words. Yeah, while you're sitting there making a point not to sw say swear words, that's good for you. You're also judging me for using my swear words. And hey, in case you didn't know, you are not my judge. I do not serve you. What you think about me doesn't fucking matter. Because I serve the Lord. The Lord offers me forgiveness every day through Jesus. I don't have to worry about what you think, what you're doing, because if you're sitting here worrying about me, you're not focusing on yourself. And the point of this podcast is for you to listen to what I'm saying and think about how this can impact and change your life for the better in the future. So whether or not this is the Easy Jesus podcast, but she's cussing, if that's what's keeping you from getting these gems, then you have fun staying fucking poor. Because for people who understand that this country has continually been disenfranchised, like, has been continually enslaving them. Fuck disenfranchised. I'm, I don't want to hear that word. I'm not using that word. We are still enslaved to this system that has proven itself to, to be against us. The American government needs Black America to stay on the bottom. The American government needs black people to not know what's going on. The American government needs black people to not ask questions, to not have financial literacy, to not pay attention to one another. They need us to perpetuate their us versus them because if we can keep it going, then they can take up all the Bitcoin and at least they won't be like us. Guys, we are in danger of going extinct. And Bitcoin offers us an opportunity out. Bitcoin is the real protest. In choosing to take my money and put it in Bitcoin, I am telling them, I am not your slave. Yes, I am going to work this job because, hey, I got bills to pay. But what's not going to happen is I'm not going to work this job and take what little bit of money you give me at the end of it 
and say, oh, oh, thank you, thank you. Let me go figure out what I can do with this. No, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna say, thanks. Put this bitch in a Bitcoin. And if you treat me dirty next year, I'm already looking for something else that I'm gonna do because I know for a fact that what the asset that I do have is going up. Like if you're in a house, right? And you can't afford to live in that house, you're house poor. All of your money is going towards paying the bills to live in the house. You're working to keep your house. Sell it. Sell it and rent and take the equity and put that into Bitcoin. Look, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not telling you what you should do with your money. What I'm telling you are options that you have, right? And an option that you have is to learn that the current system is rigged against Black people. And when you understand that the system is rigged against Black people and America needs an underclass because of the economic um, theory that it works with, then you can decide whether or not you're going to continue to be that underclass. I'm not. I'm not. And my children won't be. And my children's children's children won't be either. You know why? Because I'm teaching them to be proud of being Black. I'm teaching them to be proud of where you come from. Do you understand why nobody wants to talk about slavery? We're not talking about the innovations that slaves contributed to this fucking country, right? We're not talking about the fact that the whole reason why we have a breezeway is because the Africans who were brought here to work this land told the people, if you're gonna build a house in Virginia where it's hot, there needs to be an opportunity for cooling to take place in the house. Do y'all think that the Europeans who come from London and Germany and the Netherlands where it's freezing and gets snow, do you think that they really came to, to Virginia and knew how to fucking build a house? No, that was us. The first person to die for this country's independence. Crispus Attucks was black. A black teenage boy was the first person to die for this country's independence. Why is black America not a country within a country? Black Americans risk their lives at the same rate that white Americans do, even though we're much, much, much smaller than the white population. It's because this is our country. Well, okay, if this is your country and you love it, don't go trying to run to Africa and, and be a part of that. No, what we need to do is deep root ourselves in this country, establish something for ourselves in this country, create industry for ourselves in this country and work directly with Africa, the continent, the diaspora, to ensure that our industry remains. It's not only good, but it's the best. That, that's where we come from. We come from greatness. Black Americans have greatness running through our veins. We are phenomenal human beings. We are capable of so much. We are talented. We are not what the media, what the entertainment industry, what the financial industry, and, and what the fucking government says we are. We are not that. We are not just good enough to serve you or to spend our money with you. No, we are smarter than that. And how do I know that we're smarter than that? Because of how quickly we learned how to read and write after it was fucking illegal. It was illegal. It was illegal for enslaved Africans, for black Americans to know how to read and write in this country. Written on the book, it was policy that it was illegal for us to learn how to read and write. So now, the policy is removed. It's legal for blacks to learn how to read and write. And within like two years, almost 90% of
illiterate population could read. And then 40, 50 years later from that, we had booming black businesses. That's where the fear, uncertainty, and doubt comes in. The Klan came in and created fear through terroristic acts. They bombed our houses, they bombed our churches, they killed our leaders. It's fucking terrifying being black. It's terrifying being black and wanting to have something. It's terrifying being black, wanting to have something, actually working for something, and finally attaining it. It's terrifying. Why? Because we were conditioned to always be and to always have nothing. That's why Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going up. And because Bitcoin is going up, hey, that's an asset. You mean to tell me I don't have to own a house? I don't have to own a car? I don't, I don't have to own these things, but I can own a little bit of Bitcoin. I can own some Satoshis. I can stack sets and strive to get one Bitcoin. And that's an asset. That's even more of an asset than a house is because at least if I were to get a house, I would have to upkeep that house and I would have to work to maintain like the plumbing or the electrical. But with Bitcoin, you mean to tell me I can, I can live at my mama's house and just like buy it and hold on to it and never ever sell it and that's an asset? Yes, Bitcoin brings value in a way that cash working for cash and working for the government or working for the system or whatever, marching, protesting, Bitcoin offers you protections and securities that none of that stuff has ever offered us. Hell, marching is the most dangerous type of protest. Yeah, it's courageous and bold, but why, why does it take such courage? Because they can shoot you the fuck down, and as soon as they shoot you down, your message is gone. Yeah, people will protest for justice for you, but if they're protesting and not asking the right questions, like my grandma used to tell me, you have to be deliberate, specific, and honest. We want you to give us back everything that was lost and or stolen. Fuck the cash. Fuck cash payment or payment of reparation. I want the land back. A good chunk of Florida was stolen from black Americans. We want that back. Alabama, Mississippi, all of the places that, that the Klan burned down and y'all knew the Klan burned it down, we want that back. Well, okay, well, we're, they're never gonna give that to us. So what, we just, we just suck our paws and put our head down? No, buy Bitcoin, ethno-aggregate. If we buy Bitcoin and then we utilize the Bitcoin network, right, as the foundation of black American excellence, empowerment, and greatness, just imagine, we don't have to ask them for the, the land that they stole back. We will have enough wealth within ourselves to buy it. We don't need them. Bitcoin offers us decentralized currency. Decentralized, that's the most important thing about Bitcoin. Because there's not one person who owns Bitcoin, the government can't go and attack the owner of Bitcoin and force them into propagating blackness into shit, right? No, 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 they can't do it. They cannot do it. And people keep arguing, oh, well, Bitcoin's too expensive. That's fun. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Because when your child comes to you and says, mama, I want $200 sneakers that you can't afford, do you not bust your ass and do whatever it is that you gotta do to make sure your baby is happy and can afford them damn sneakers? 
Well, if one Bitcoin is $50,000 and you don't have $50,000, put in whatever you can and whatever you have until eventually that $50,000 is your goal. Make it a goal and strive for it. Tell your children, hey, mama's trying to get a Bitcoin. One Bitcoin costs $50,000. So we're just going to have to suck paws. We're going to have to like, you can, and what I mean by suck paws, I'm not talking about dig if you don't know the phrase. That just means like, we just going to have to like, not have anything for a minute until we can get where we're going, right? So if you have to curtail your spending habits, like, fine, do it. You know why? Because that's Bitcoin. At its essence, Bitcoin says, hey, the current financial institution that we have is, is bad. It's immoral. It's the reason why people are miserable. Bitcoin is the complete opposite. Because it's really scarce, because they're never making any more Bitcoin, They're making everything else. Michael Saylor said this. And if you don't know who Michael Saylor is, look up Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. Like, understanding Michael Saylor and the MicroStrategy philosophy may help you understand why you need Bitcoin. So look into it. But basically, Michael Saylor was saying, they keep making everything else. They're making more gold. They're printing more money. They're doing all of that stuff. But what they're not doing is making more Bitcoin. That 21 million Bitcoin is going to be all the Bitcoin that there is. 21 million. What, what an amazing concept of real scarcity. Because there are only going to be 21 million, you need to start striving for some now. Stack, 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 right? So I don't want you to feel like I'm yelling at you. The pod, I'm just really passionate about this. The pod is easy Jesus, right? Where basically the principle of it is that through understanding how much God loves us and through understanding the sacrifice that Jesus made, For us, we will understand the sacrifice Satoshi Nakamoto made for the world too, right? There's there's some parallel there where Jesus sacrificed himself so that the world would know that you never had to worry about where you're going as long as you acknowledge love and serve the Lord, right? And don't make that way harder or way more than it is. It's simple. You acknowledge the fact that God loved you so much that the world was making God's creations feel unloved and feel less than, right? Well, God sent Jesus. In God sending Jesus and through the life that we know that Jesus led, we can believe that where Jesus is in following Jesus and striving to be like Jesus, which is something that I do every single day, right? In striving to be like Jesus, we don't have to fear where we're going. We don't have to be uncertain about where we're going. And we don't have to doubt if we're going to get there. We just have faith and trust and know that God is real God's word is good. And because God is real and God's word is good, I will forever be okay. There's nothing for me to worry about or stress about because I know that God created me. God loves me so much that Jesus died for me. And in knowing that God created me, Jesus died for me. I am that loved. I am valued because of God and Jesus. Then I don't have to worry about anything else. Well, Bitcoin has entered this realm and said, hey, people who are unbanked, right? What that means is, hey, people who are impoverished, hey, global underclasses, if you are your country's underclass, I'm here to let you know that, yes, that system is corrupt. No, you don't really have any options within that system. But because Satoshi Nakamoto understood the need and the necessity for moral money, because Satoshi Nakamoto sacrificed the trillions of dollars that Satoshi Nakamoto would have made for Bitcoin, 
right? Because of that sacrifice, we now have a moral money that offers the people who are their country's underclass a step up and a leg up. Like, I mean, it's so simple. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of the Bitcoin revolution, right? It offers you protest against an oppressive state or an oppressive system. It offers you protections that your grandparents and great-grandparents never could have conceived, right? Never in my grandmother's dreams could she imagine that I could start a business, run the business as a Black-owned and operated enterprise, not have to use the bank, be my own bank, and secure something for my children's children's children that no government entity can come in and say, hey, give that to me because we're the government. Are you fucking kidding me? No. No, no, no. They can't do that. If you need an example of that, like the Nigerian government tried to ban it. And then he was like, we can't ban this. So like it offers us protections that we as black Americans have never had. Right. You can look up Google every massacre from Rosewood to Greenwood to the, the what happened to the Maroon Towns. Just look it up. Look up. Just look up black terrorism. Look at all of the things that have, like, hell, is the Clinton a terrorist organization yet? Because they damn sure terrorized us for decades. Bitcoin takes the middle man out of your money. So you're not having to shuck and jive and be cool for the middleman in hopes of the middleman putting a little extra flavor on your pockets. No, 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 no. Bitcoin is honest. Bitcoin is deliberate. Bitcoin is specific, period. And because of Bitcoin's honesty, because of its specificity, because of how deliberate it is in the attack on the financial system, whatever FUD comes its way or is thrown its way doesn't matter because Bitcoin is what it is. And in it being what it is, it is essentially good. And in it being good, there's going to be a lot of people to try to cast fear, uncertainty, and doubt around it because they themselves are not good. Well, too bad, so sad. The train is moving and you can either choose to get on it or not. All right, that's the show for the day. So if you want to keep going, if you want to keep talking about it, follow me on Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, I'm A Centauri, A period, Centauri, C-E-N-T-A-U-R-I on Clubhouse. Look me up and we'll get some room started and we can have some discussion. Or follow me on Telegram. On Telegram, I am A Centauri. And let's chat. We can chat about it. We can talk about it if you have prayer needs or if you are struggling with your faith and you would like conversation about that. Hit me up. I'm happy, happy, happy to talk with you. Happy to explain my walk with you. Happy to share my testimony with you. Happy to talk with you about Bitcoin. Happy to give you advice and resources. So thanks so much for listening. I love you so much. You can think I hate you, but I don't. I love you. I love everyone. Why? Because God loved me and Jesus died for me and I'm loved. So I love others. I wish you the absolute best. If you need me, reach out to me. I'm here for you, however I can be. And with that... We're out. Own something is very important to understand investment, you know, to understand living within your means or under your means, you know, to understand how to make something. I think that's what's been critical for me. But at the end of the day, that's the direction we're walking toward. 
is becoming wealthy to the level that it's not gonna go away. And that, you know, we created, we created a situation that it, it lasts longer than us.